freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com, the network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. The show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central here on Oracle Broadcasting. Today is Sunday, June 3rd, 2012. We have a great show lined up for you here today. We're going to be continuing talking about solutions. We're going to be continuing to talk about the non-support of dominators as one of the most important solutions for us to understand and to enact in our lives if we're going to really change the manifested realities that we are experiencing right now in this world that we do not wish to experience. And part of what we're going to talk about today is more reasons why dominators behave in the ways that they do. This is so critically important to understand the why. What is going on in the psychology of a dominator, in a person that wants to coerce and control other people? What is taking place in their mind? What has taken place in their past that that compulsively? It drives them, that gives them the compulsion to want to do these types of things, to want to enact these types of behaviors. Often times they don't know it themselves. So us becoming aware of it is a huge part of the solution to that problem. I have a couple of quick event announcements and I'll try to get through this in this segment. If not, we'll pick it up in the next one. I was interviewed this past Monday uh, evening, May 28th on the uh, radio show out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada called uh, Two Guys, One Girl on the Radio H2O Network. And uh, that went really well. The interview is up on the news section of whatonearthishappening.com. Topics of the discussion on uh, Two Guys, One Girl included uh, the current protests that are taking place up in Canada right now. We talked about the planes of causality and effect. We talked a lot about natural law. And I got into a little bit of the uh, uh, dark occult mockery of the military and the police. So if you're interested in checking out that show, it is the podcast is uh, linked up on the news section of What on Earth is Happening. 
Also, finally, I have the finalized information about the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence celebrations for 2012 here in the city of Philadelphia coming up next month in July. July 7th through 10th, the, the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence celebrations. And it's going to comprise. It's going to be comprised of basically three different events. There's the Tesla Science Conference, the uh, awards ceremony and concert featuring the Divine Hand Ensemble, and a Tesla Night birthday party thrown uh, right in front of Independence Hall at the Independence Visitor Center here in Philadelphia. I'm going to tell you a little bit more information about these three great events as part of the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations right after this break. Stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, I was telling everyone a little bit about the uh, upcoming conference here in Philadelphia in July around Tesla's birthday, the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations for 2012, hosted by the Tesla Science Foundation. I'm going to be a part of this uh, event. I'm going to actually be hosting sort of a uh, a workshop or or um, brainstorming session, if you will, uh, in a um, in a uh, secondary area of the conference, not in the main conference hall. But uh, I'm going to be uh, leading a discussion group about Tesla, Royal Raymond Reif, Edward Lead Skalnin, and Wilhelm Reich. All individuals who worked with advanced technologies and who worked with resonance and frequency. And we're going to have a brainstorming session about how we can really bring these four gentlemen's incredible visions for a brighter human future to uh, manifestation because they all had solutions to problems which plague humanity and they were all basically stopped from accomplishing uh, for, from implementing those solutions and accomplishing uh, that uplift of humanity that is so desperately needed through such technologies as they championed and pioneered and discovered so um, that'll be a smaller part of the conference but I want to tell you a little bit more about the three main uh, events the Tesla Science Conference, there's going to be many speakers to be announced, will be taking place the weekend, Saturday and Sunday of July 7th and 8th. And it's uh, going the whole day from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it will be taking place at Ruba Hall. We did secure a new venue. Again, I let people know a few couple weeks back that we had lost our venue at Liberty Two Place. Uh, one of the big skyscrapers here in Philadelphia. We had a whole floor that we were doing this Tesla Science Conference uh, in previous years, but we are now going to be moving it to Ruba Hall, which was, as people will recall, the location of the Free Your Mind Conference and worked out very well for that purpose. So we're working with the uh, folks at Ruba Hall, and uh, the Tesla Science Conference will be taking place there. Ruba Hall is at 414 Green Street here in Philadelphia. Tickets for the conference are only $25 per day if you buy them in advance through the Tesla Science Foundation website, and they will be $30 at the door on the days of the event. 
There will also be social gatherings that will uh, be taking place at the end of each day's conference. Um, from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., the cabaret room at Ruba will be open on both days of the conference for uh, discussion and just uh, social gathering. So uh, the next big part of this event is the awards ceremony and concert, a theremin concert featuring the Divine Hand Ensemble who played for the last two uh, Tesla celebrations. And they're a phenomenal act. People really have to check them out to even believe it, uh, what uh, this gentleman, Mono Divina, can do with the, the theremin, uh, which is an incredible, uh, beautiful instrument. This, is, uh, this concert will be taking place July 7th, that's Saturday night, at 8 p.m. after the main conference is over for that day, and it will uh, go until about 10.30 p.m., also at Ruba Hall in the upstairs um, in the upstairs conference room. Um, tickets for the conference, uh, I'm sorry, for the concert are separate and are only $12. And then finally, there'll be a Tesla night birthday party on the evening between July 9th and 10th from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. at Independence Visitors Center Lawn at 5th and Market Streets here in Philadelphia. This event is free to attend for the entire public and will feature uh, live music and the demonstration of a large Tesla coil. So that is the events for this year's Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations. I hope to see a lot of people out there and uh, get involved in a lot of great um, uh, consciousness expanding discussions on Tesla and much more. So for more information on this great conference coming up here in the city of Philadelphia, you can visit www.teslasciencefoundation.org. That's teslasciencefoundation.org. Okay, let's jump into the subject material for today's show, which is once again the non-support of dominators. If you're following, if you want to follow along, as always with these shows, there are images for today's show posted underneath the radio show uh, player on the radio show page of my website at whatonearthishappening.com, uh, or you can uh, look at these images with the podcast if you're following on the podcast page. This is podcast number 110. So this section, as always, is the way out. Uh, uh, it's just solutions for changing consciousness and creating real and lasting change and positive change. The solutions are listed on slide number two. The section is uh, depicted on slide number three, the non-supportive dominators. These have be, been the three introductory slides for the last many weeks. Uh, as always, there are no, um, for this section, there are no calls from the public today uh, because uh, I'm putting two all call-in shows at the end of this section because I want to pre present this material uninterrupted. But I am going to make an exception today. Uh, for a special instance, okay, uh, in keeping with the theme of the non-supportive dominators, I have a very important question to ask a specific group of individuals. So I'm going to open the lines only for a specific group of individuals. And if none of them call, I will tell you why I open the line at the end of the show, okay? But I don't want to present the question. I want them to call in and allow me to ask a question that they don't know what it's going to be until I actually ask it to them on the air. This um, 
call-in line will be open and listen very specifically, please, to who I want to call. Only those who have served in World War II, only those who have actually served in World War II in any capacity of combat operations. I don't want a World War II veteran who is had a desk job or, you know, some other ancillary position. I want a combat, someone who saw combat in the European theater of operations, preferably. If you were in combat during World War II in the European theater of operations, that is the only person I'm people I'm opening up the lines to today. So if you call in and you're not someone who saw combat during World War II in the European theater, I'm hanging up on you. Okay? Immediately. That's and, and I, I I want you to tell a little bit about what you know you were involved in, okay? What capacity you served in 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 uh World War II. Okay. So if you meet that criteria. You can call in to the call-in number 866-841-1065. Toll-free, 866-841-1065. I'm only taking calls, once again, from World War II combat veterans who operated in the European Theater of Operations. Okay, that's it. If you're not that individual, don't call. But if I know that that limits it and obviously the person will have to be probably fairly uh, elderly at this point this far along it's almost difficult to find people who are still alive from from this era but if you meet that criteria call in back everyone we were talking about the abuse victim cycle and how it is perpetuated through the identification with the abuser or the victim and how the way out of that is through true self-respect and knowledge of self knowledge of how these issues build in the human psyche if they're undealt with if they are not confronted, if they are not looked at. So that is the answer. Healing through applied knowledge, knowledge of the psyche, knowledge of the self, through care, through wanting to correct an imbalance that is present, and then will, actually taking the time to work upon the self and to actually do that healing. It's a rarity when anyone takes that narrow path toward that healing. Most people take the approach that is shown in image number six, which I showed at the end of the show last week, which is the person who has been beaten down and then takes on the attitude of, since I have suffered, therefore I shall cause suffering to others. And what I said last week is that I didn't really have time to, uh, before the show last week, to um, put the bars that I wanted to put over this image like a jail cell. So I got around to doing that for this week's show. Image number seven shows exactly what that mentality is. That mentality is the mentality of a slave who is locked away in a prison 
and will never get out of that prison for as long as he takes that attitude. Since I've caused, since uh, I have experienced suffering, then I have to cause suffering to other people and perpetuate that cycle of abuse and violence. And as long as that's the attitude taken by individuals, they're going to end up just like that jailed, caged, and I don't mean in an actual physical jail cell or prison. I'm talking about they're going to be jailed within their own consciousness and the conditions that they dwell in are always going to be confining. They're always going to be like a prison. Their experience is going to be like a prison. And that's why humanity is in the situation that it's in because most people take this attitude I called it the attitude of a slave last week. You know, people who think that they're going to somehow make it better by becoming abusive or even the opposite way, by allowing the abuse to just continue unabated, not get involved to actually do something to correct it. I'm going to play the victim role, the woe is me role. Oh, the what can I do? Things are so bad, what can I do? It's victim mentality. And that's largely the two states of imbalanced consciousness that most people in this society are trapped in. Either I'm going to go out and do harm to other people because people suck and you know they've done bad things to me, so why not go out and just uh, do whatever I can, get them before they get me? And the other approach is, well, things are so bad and I've been beaten down so bad and everybody's so beaten down, why bother to do anything? Let's just allow it to allow it to all fall apart. And again, this mentality is the prisoner mentality. I shouldn't even say prisoner. A prisoner may not want to be confined. It's the willing inmate mentality. That's actually a better description because a willing inmate goes along with all of the conventions and rules of the prison and through that mental attitude through that psychological state they're ensuring that the prison cage bars stay locked and sealed you know a prisoner necessarily doesn't want his imprisonment he may just happen to be in in that condition of being imprisoned but he wants to get out so there's prisoners here on earth and there's willing inmates. I would say if this is your attitude, you know, since I've suffered, I'm going to go and cause some suffering, then you're a willing inmate, not a prisoner who seeks really true freedom. So let's look at why people take this attitude. That's the important thing. Understanding that there's people out there who have this attitude is one thing, but let's understand why they have it, okay? So, one of the reasons that people, and again, there's many reasons for this psychologically. What we really want to look at is a couple of the deeper-seated psychological aspects of why people think this way, okay? So, one of the first things is feelings of inadequacy. Dominators often have deep-seated innate feelings of inadequacy, and sometimes those feelings are well-founded, okay? That they are inadequate in certain ways, 
but they don't want to do the real work to improve upon those inadequacies in self. Okay? And it is true that inadequacies can exist and be real. Okay? Yeah, not everybody is born with the same innate talents, capabilities, and gifts. It's, that's just the case. Some people have to really work on doing something that is beneficial for themselves. You know? They have to really apply themselves in many cases far in far greater ways than some people who things come naturally or easily to. But we want to look at specific forms of inadequacy that is that are foremost when it comes to a dominator, a person who is turning those inadequacies toward the coercion of another human being. That's the main thing we want to look at. So these two specific inadequacies that I'm going to be talking about, some people will have a problem with. Some people will be offended by this. And again, I say, go ahead if you want to be offended. Be as offended as you want. I'm talking about things that are real, things that are actually going on, and things that we need to look at with a mature perspective and a mature attitude if we're going to understand what is happening and why. So one of the inadequacies is, uh, and uh, you know, the first image that I've put here dealing with this is image number eight, and it, it's kind of a, a comical one. Uh, there's an, a gentleman sitting there, and he's uh, looking depressed, and he says, I feel so inadequate. And uh, one of his friends or uh, one of his um, uh, associates says to him, everyone thinks that. And he answers, and he says, everyone feels inadequate? And his friend says, no, everyone thinks you're inadequate. And, you know, it's kind of a comical approach but uh, to kind of lighten the mood. But the whole point here is there are real inadequacies in certain individuals. And they don't want to deal with them in proper ways, in channels that are in harmony with natural law. And that main way of dealing with it is through direct confrontation and introspection through developing true respect and looking within they want to take it out on other people because they feel bad so they you know the whole saying misery loves company they want to then take out their aggressions and their feelings of inadequacy inadequacy on other people so that they make them as miserable as they are you know that's the entire problem here so, one of the first inadequacies that we need to look at is intellectual inadequacy. And intellectual inadequacy means just what it sounds like. Someone who happens to be challenged when it comes to being able to understand things. And this is real. This does exist. There are different mental capacities for different individuals. Not everybody comes into the world having the same intellectual acumen or capabilities. Some people can learn things really easily. Some people really have to work a lot harder. You know, they have to really spend a lot of time and effort 
like building up a muscle, okay? Building up the brain is very similar to building up the body. You know, if, if you sat and did nothing with the body, muscles would atrophy. And if someone threw you a medicine ball, you know, like an exercise ball, you wouldn't be able to handle it. It would practically knock you on your rear end because the muscles hadn't been used and they were not built up and they were not strong. Well, some people who already are kind of weak physically, you know, they have a hard time when they first start to start to try to work out or try to, you know, build up their muscles physically in a physical capacity and then they get discouraged. So they don't bother. You know, this is hard. It's hard to do. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. You know, I have to use a lot of energy to do this. And so they stop. It's the same thing when it comes to building up the mind, making the mind more powerful and stronger. It takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. We'll pick this up on the other side. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Talking today about the reasons why dominators, those who want to control and coerce others, psychologically feel the way that they do. Why do they have these desires? This is so critically important to understand. We're talking about innate inadequacies within the individual that either they possibly cannot or will not work out on their own or with the help of others. Now, one that can be helped is intellectual inadequacies because the mind can be worked upon. It can be improved. It is, as we said, like the muscles of the body that will atrophy if they are not used, but if they are put to use, they can be built up and made stronger. We could look at an example of, uh, you know, an individual who doesn't come through any form of education, whether it be even, you know, typical indoctrination, outcome-based education, even knowing the slightest little bit, like it's like, how they even got through the indoctrination techniques and, and schooling is a, a miracle in its own right. They were basically just pushed through by educators who don't want to see them left back so it makes a bad name on um, you know, the educational institution, the so-called educational institution that they're a member of. You know, We hear the stories of uh, people reaching high school and they still really can't even read. People getting to college on purely, uh, let's say, sports scholarships just because they're good at a particular physical activity or sport. And really they, you know, basically done horribly throughout their entire schooling. And again, in no way am I even suggesting that this is real education, but even in that left brain intellectual capacity, you could see the absolute inadequacy in the individual. You know, the dumb jock 
you know, in high school who's the star of the uh, football team but, you know, can't do basic uh, algebra, something like that. There's a reason someone ended up like that. It's because they started at some point in the past attempting to really use their mind, attempting to understand things, attempting to put their intellectual capacities into use. And they saw it in relationship to perhaps someone else's and said, wow, I'm not good at this. I'm not, this is, this is somehow really hard for me. I don't understand not even nearly as well as maybe this person over here does. And in their own mind, they basically gave up at an early age. And they said, all of this thinking stuff isn't for me. I just want to do things. And the problem here doesn't even lie necessarily all with the individual. It also lies with the system that they're involved in and it lies with the people that they were around. Because those conditions led to this feeling of inadequacy that could have been helped to go unaddressed and never to be dealt with, certainly never to be dealt with by that individual through encouragement and through helping them to overcome this inadequacy because intellectual inadequacy can be overcome. It just takes more work for some individuals than it does for others. So no one ever encouraged them or helped them to give birth to that desire for self-improvement within themselves. Oftentimes their parents or friends or teachers gave up on them and said, oh, this person's beyond help. And that isn't the case. That isn't true. Everybody is capable of working with the mind. Everybody is capable of deeper levels of understanding. Some just may have to work on it harder than others. That's all. It isn't true that some people just are incapable of grasping it. Now, maybe you could say if the brain deteriorates to a point where the conditions of the brain are so horrific, so badly damaged... That could be partially true, and a lot of work would need to be done to help the person even get back to basic cognitive functions that would help them to understand anything deeper or anything at a uh, philosophical level of understanding. But it still can be done with enough effort and work. The brain is very, very, very plastic, meaning it can bounce back from even some of the most egregious abuses, you would be surprised at how pliable and plastic the brain is and how it can come back from uh, different self-imposed injuries to it. And I don't necessarily mean physical injuries. I'm talking about the kind of things that you see in brain scans and the kind of things that diminish um, intellectual function in the brain. And I've shown images of these types of scans before in the past. On image number nine here, I just put up another comical image of sorts with a person's brain looking completely empty. It's uh, actually an x-ray. And it says space for rent. 
And unfortunately, this is where most of the people who fall into the class of dominators really are. People think, oh, they're, oh, they have to have a certain level of intelligence to do what they do. Actually, many of them now have to prove that they don't have a certain level of intelligence to be admitted into doing what they're doing. There are actual uh, places in the United States where if you test above a certain IQ level, you cannot go into the police force in that area. This is actually what's taking place. They don't want intelligent people capable of understanding what's really going on. They want people who will listen to orders and follow like a robot. Or in other words, what they really want is what is referred to generally as a post-human. Someone who has completely annihilated the self, the true aspects of the self within themselves. And they don't have the qualities of humanity anymore. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about post, the post-human being one who has succumbed to the destruction of the self, of true selfhood, the condition known as selflessness, the loss of the self. That's going to be coming up probably next week on the show, depending on what I, whether I get through the material I want to cover today. But that's going to be one of our next topics. So, I don't put an image up like this to, to mock anybody, but it, it is really the case that we're working with really damaged, and I'm not talking about even metaphorically damaged individuals, like they're damaged goods or something like that. I'm talking about real brain damage, real physical brain damage, and that's exacerbated by the conditions that they're even going to be going into, which is adrenaline pumping into the body and the brain and the bloodstream, doing even more damage. Look at the diets of some of these individuals to understand why they think or more accurately don't think the way that they do. Their diets are horrific in many cases. GMO laden, Tons of sugar, tons of, oh, artificial sweeteners, like you could not believe in the diet of dominators, particularly police. I've sat and watched police near a police station here in Philadelphia going over to a 7-Eleven convenience store and just drinking diet soda like it's going out of style and eating hot dogs laden with nitrates and preservatives and, you know, all kinds of other horrific food additives, Mountain Dew, donuts, full of hydrogenated oil, unimaginable damage that they're doing to the body and brain and don't even know it in many cases. That's another factor that plays into this. Why these people don't have the cognitive function that they should because they're destroying their body through poison that they're putting into it on a continual basis. And then you know they're television watchers. You know they are. You know they're, and on any of their off time, they're going right to that idiot tube and sitting there and worshiping at that altar with many of their other friends who think, or I should say, don't think just like they do. I know it sounds harsh, folks, and I know it sounds like it's completely insulting, but I'm just telling you the truth about what's really going on in these people's minds. It needs to be healed by bringing it to people's attention. We'll be right back. Don't go All anywhere. around the world, people are... 
Okay, everyone, we're back. Let's jump right back into the subject matter, which is looking at the reasons that dominators think the way that they do. And we're looking at perceived or actual inadequacies in their makeup. So some of them can be perceived. I'm just not a good person. They may have been told that. You know, I just can't understand things. And it may not actually be true. They might have the intellectual acumen to really grasp things. Or it could actually be real because of what has been done to their brain through certain conditions, what they're doing to their own brain by putting themselves in chronic situations of stress, which roots us in the R complex of the brain where we can't do any higher order thinking because higher order thinking is done with the higher brain the telencephalon, the neocortex of the brain, particularly the prefrontal cortex as well, which governs conscience, moral thinking, ethics. You know, a a great book to check out by Malcolm Gladwell is, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It was um, about thin slicing, about... um, or Blink, it's called. Blink, B-L-I-N-K. He talked about how we use the intuitive capacities of the brain to make judgments when we don't have a lot of information. And this is what a co- part of a cop's job often is, to thin slice the situation because they can't sit there and you know, try to analyze every detail about what's going on. And most of the time, they don't come to accurate conclusions about what's really taking place. They make a snap judgment that is out of harmony with truth because they're not, don't have a developed intuitive capacity of their brain. They're very left brain dominant and the intuitive capacities come from the right brain hemisphere. They're not working with those elements of thought They're not working with that emotional empathic side of the personality. They're always in linear left brain, physical world, survival mode. That's all left brain and our complex. The right brain and, and the emotional brain is largely left out of the equation in their line of work. So all of these factors contribute to why these individuals don't have good logical thinking and also don't have good intuitive thinking and that's what holistic intelligence is about combining it's about combining logic with intuition or in other words left brain thinking with right brain thinking to come up with a holistically intelligent human being and I have to say ladies and gentlemen there really aren't any holistically intelligent dominators It doesn't matter what level you're at, whether you're all the way down, you know, at security guard or police or, you know, a -a rent-a-cop or whether you're at general of an army up to, you know, uh, CEO of a bank or a Federal Reserve chairman or somebody working at the International Bank of Settlements or a high-level priest of the dark occult. It's all left brain. It's all, none of it is holistic intelligence. So yeah, there is an actual inadequacy present 
in most of the people who do a job like this. It isn't just imagined. Part of it can be a perceived thing that went unaddressed and they do actually have the capacity for understanding. But very few, if any, actually have a balanced brain and have already arrived at a condition of true and balanced intelligence coming from both sides of the brain. So we're going to look at other forms of inadequacy to contribute to their decision-making and patterns of behavior on the other side of the break. That's coming up on this next hour of What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Okay. We're talking about perceived or real inadequacies of people who join coercive institutions, basically go and take out their pent-up frustrations out on other people against their natural law rights. This is part of the abuse victim cycle, but it's driven not necessarily by abuse, but un- not dealing with an, uh, an inadequacy that is either perceived or real can be a form of abuse. This, this goes untreated. This goes undealt with in the person's life. And they build up those negative emotions by not dealing with it. And then therefore they look to perpetuate that cycle of violence. They want to take it out on someone. We looked at intellectual inadequacy. Now let's take a look at another form of inadequacy that really has to be dealt with when it comes to trying to understand the psychological mindset of dominators. And that's sexual inadequacy. So when we're talking about sexual inadequacy, we could basically be talking about two basic things. We could really be talking about three basic things. We're going to get into the third a little bit later in the show. But we could be talking about physical inadequacy, and we could be talking about performance inadequacy when it comes to sexuality. So for physical inadequacy, you don't need to really have me spell it out, or hopefully you don't. But for a dominator, you know, they may not feel like they are equipped in certain capacities, There is an inadequacy there, and they want to deal with that situation in a way that they don't have a right to deal with that situation, okay? I think most people can understand what I'm talking about without me really just coming right out and say it, but this can also be performance-related when it comes to bedroom issues, Okay, And maybe they couldn't get the woman that they wanted to get. Maybe they couldn't keep the woman that they wanted to keep for certain reasons. And therefore, again, there's this pent-up frustration, pent-up 
uh, feelings, negative emotions, inadequacies that they're feeling within their psyche. They don't want to address them. They're often embarrassed by them, whether physically embarrassed by them or embarrassed by certain situations that have taken place in their life in those capacities. And they, they don't want to deal with that. They want to shove that emotion away. They want to press, repress it. This is all about repression of negative emotion, not actually dealing with things as they should be dealt with by looking at the self. Even if there is a real inadequacy there, there are techniques and methods to make it better. Now, with this physical aspect that I'm talking about, part of that just involves accepting yourself for how you actually are. And many people just cannot bring themselves to do that. It isn't the end of the universe. In most people's minds, that seems to be all they're concerned about. And that's why they go on the types of rampages that they do, because they can't accept the way that they are. We're going to talk about repressed homosexuality as well. That's the third aspect of this uh, sexual issue when it comes to why these people act the way that they do. They don't want to deal with their own sexuality and embrace it and admit that they are a certain way because of the way it will be perceived or the way, you know, it will be seen by their family or friends or religion, you know, the way it's viewed in their religion, in its dogma. But when it comes to sexual inadequacies, again, some may be actual, some may be perceived. It also could be feeding the desire in a completely unhealthy way that leads to wanting more and more and more. You know, not actually tempering it, not actually balancing it with anything of higher than physical, higher than the physical domain. People falling into the, just the giving into the pleasures of the flesh. That can lead to all kinds of other mental, psychological disorders. Because they're out of balance. It's all left brain. It's all physical. There's no dealing with anything spiritual or emotional. They're so out of touch with the emotional side of the self that they just want to rack up as many uh, women in the sack as they possibly can. And that could lead to deviant sexual behavior. If that's not fulfilled, that can lead to all kinds of other deviant mentalities and and desires for control. These aspects of the psyche have to be looked at openly and honestly. It's something, this is something we haven't talked about much on this show, but it should be openly discussed. So, some of these individuals may feel like they're just not up to, you know, par in many ways, okay? Performance-wise, maybe their girlfriend left them for a particular reason. Maybe their wife left them for a particular reason. All kinds of psychological issues going. Now, you'll say, oh, they give them a psychological test to make sure that they're psychologically sound. 
Well, that isn't necessarily the case that this test actually proves that they're psychologically sound. It proves that they're in a psychological condition that is adapted to the task that the people who are hiring them want them to perform. That doesn't mean that there's real psychological balance present. Don't confuse the two things and think one is the same as the other because it's not. Psychological health and balance that I'm talking about is of a far higher standard than what someone is hired for a, a, to be a cop or a military personnel upon. They want to make sure that you're psychologically uh, adapted in the ways they want you to be adapted so that you're pliable mentally and emotionally for their deeds that they're going to put you to task on. They don't want real psychological balance present. Otherwise, if you were in that condition of true balance, you wouldn't even be there asking them to give you a position in their dominator institution. So they certainly don't want you in that level of balance. They want you in a state of mind that you are willing to obey because you're going to an institution and giving yourselves over to them. You're giving your body to them. You're giving your actions to them. Ultimately, you're giving away your conscience and saying, I will obey. I will do what you command. Whether it's in harmony with natural law or not. Something I know absolutely nothing about. That's evident by the fact that I've shown up asking for this position. We'll continue to look at this on the other side. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. AG we'll be- is the symbol for silver on the periodic table. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking about perceived or actual inadequacies that are present in dominators who, that, that basically fester within them and drive them to go into the institutions that they do so that they can take out pent-up frustrations and aggressions out on other individuals. And for people that say, oh, this isn't psychologically accurate, you need to go and do your homework and research what really goes on in the human mind. And be honest about it. Because this is exactly what's taking place in other people's minds that make these decisions. I know them better than they know themselves. And I'm not afraid to say it. Trust me, there's probably nothing going on in the minds of these individuals that I don't completely know about. And part of the reason is because I've been there. And I conquered that condition in myself. True healing through introspection and self-awareness and hard work through an enormity of effort and through great suffering. So we were looking at intellectual inadequacy and now we've shifted the focus and started to look at sexual inadequacy in these individuals whether perceived or real and you know 
look at the symbolic correlation to this. Hasn't anybody ever really looked at the fact that weapons of war and destruction are almost always phallic shaped? Think about it. Spears, clubs, gun and gun barrels, bullets, bombs, missiles, all of them are phallic shaped. Do you think that's a coincidence or an accident? Or do you think something that is nested in the psyche is manifesting outwardly? Well, if you think that's a coincidence, I say you're a very naive individual to think that that's just a random coincidence. Because what's going on within the psyche always has an outward physical manifestation. And because these individuals may be upset about the size of their gun or about their ammunition or something to that effect, they want to go and take it out on other people. They have that issue, they have that problem, and they need to go and take that aggression out. Because it hasn't, things haven't worked out well in their life as a result of those things. And they're not sated in certain ways. So therefore, I need to go and take out my frustration by making someone else's life miserable in some form. And that will put, put me on equal par because I'm miserable in this way. That'll put us on equal par. The same slave mentality that I talked about earlier. I have suffered and therefore I shall cause suffering to others. Let's make the big wheel of the abuse victim cycle turn again and again. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing that these individuals or you could possibly bring to my attention that I don't already know about what's going on in their mind. I've studied human psychology probably more than most people who would live a thousand lifetimes have. And there's probably nothing these individuals could tell me about why they do what they do, what they have experienced that I don't already know. And I'm not saying that to be cocky or arrogant. I'm saying that because it's the case. Because deep understanding of the occult is the deep understanding of the human psyche. That's what it is. That's why they're using these techniques and these manipulation efforts upon us that all hinge upon deep recesses of the human psyche to actually go to work and work upon us to get us to do what they want us to do. That's how mind control operates. You could call it psyche control if you want. This is more than just the control of the mind. It's the control of the decision-making capabilities and qualities of the mind that lead to the control of human behavior, which, trust me, these dark occultists have and aren't going to let go of easily. The only way you're going to get them to let go of it is understand the things that drive your decisions and the things that drive the decisions of these people who, who think that they're in control and are being mocked and abused ritually and symbolically by these occultists who are really running the show. And yet there's still people who will deny that the occult, the dark occult lies behind the conditions of the world. They're not the puppet masters. 
Many people deny the existence of the dark occult altogether because they're know-nothings. And if they were in certain situations, like I've seen or people who I've known seen, they would take a crap in their pants like a two-year-old in his diapers. To put it quite bluntly. So we need to understand the deep-seated psychological motivations that are taking place in the recesses of the human psyche that are being preyed upon and manipulated by the dark occultists. They understand these things. They understand them as well as I understand them, possibly better than I do, because they're holding some knowledge that is so ancient and has been around for thousands of years within their bloodlines, within their families, within their institutions that they're using against us. They know us better than we know ourselves, and that's the problem. People aren't learning about these drives and desires within themselves and feelings of inadequacy and trying to work through them instead of taking out these aggressions on other people when they're, they're just pointed at in a direction just like a gun and then let loose and say, go and do your worst. Go, go and take out your aggressions on these people. That's why the dark occult call them their dogs. Literally call them their dogs, their pets. You're my pet, my dog. And it, it's not a slang term like, yo, dog. No, it means I own you like an animal on a leash. And you sit when I tell you to sit. You eat when I tell you to eat. And you attack when I tell you to attack. And they say, yes, master, right away, let me sit when I'm told so I get my treat. And let me attack and bark on command and bite on command, which isn't the hallmarks of a man. That's the hallmarks of a little boy, a little baby acts like that, who's never grown up. An animal acts like that who's never grown into anything better than an animal. These are the hallmarks of an animal acting on command. Trained very well. And the occultists detest and despise them like you could not imagine. I talked about this briefly on the uh, show with um, uh, uh, Up in Canada, the... um, Two Guys, One Girl show, <clears throat> hosted by Franco uh, Heward. And, you know, I, I told people, I saw these people mocked and ridiculed. I want to try to get a, a picture, a painting of it. Maybe I'll ask an artist out there to try to paint me something that is reminiscent of what, a scene I actually saw with a cop not too far from the scene who was actually outside of the place where we were at. And he was being laughed at so hard that a Satanist that I knew was crying with tears streaming down his cheeks laughing at this person and other people like him who he knows would obey his commands no matter how ridiculous and absurd it was he could he can make him dance on the strings like a little puppet and he was practically pissing in his pants this is the All right, everyone, we're back. For the break, I 
was talking about a situation that I really want to have painted or drawn or, you know, something to that effect so I could post it. I said maybe I'll even attempt the belly laugh that I heard, the blood-curdling belly laugh out of the mouth of a uh, Satanist at a, at a ritual who was practically peeing his pants laughing at the police, knowing how much they own them and direct their behavior and totally control their mind, and they don't even know it. And, um, you know, I, I told this story briefly on the uh, two girls, one, uh, two guys, one gal, girl web, um, interview that I did with Franco Heward and others uh, this past Monday. You can go back into the uh, news section to check that out. But uh, uh, tears streaming down this individual's cheeks, laughing uncontrollably, hysterically at how much they mock the police behind their back and they, they can't even perceive it. We'll be getting to that too on a future show. Um, I'll probably look at occult mockery of the police and military in a couple of weeks and perhaps uh, represent my uh, presentation from the Free Your Mind conference then. So the uh, next aspect of this, uh, the sexual reasons that people have for acting the way that they do and wanting to take out these uh, pent-up frustrations and inadequacies out on other people is repressed homosexuality. Now, this is going to probably open up a big can of worms because there's so many people who have their head up their rear end when it comes to sexual orientations. And they buy into the BS religious dogma. They buy into the total BS divide and conquer techniques and strategies that the elite, the so-called elite, you know, want to propagate to keep people fighting amongst each other and people buy into this nonsense, you know, that somehow certain sexual orientation makes you a bad individual, okay? The whole idea here is be what you are so long as you're not harming other people. So if someone has a homosexual orientation and there is total compliance with that on the part of the other person, the other individual is also of the same persuasion, wants to engage in the activity and behavior. There, it, is, it is not coerced, okay? It is something that is agreed upon, all right? So it is a behavior that is completely agreed upon by all parties involved. It's not compulsory. It's not coercive. It's mutual. Well, there's no wrongdoing in there then because it doesn't fulfill the requirements of natural law transgression, which has to involve coercion. It has to involve the coercion of the will. It has to involve some form of theft, which all forms of natural law transgression involve, taking something which does not belong to you. So rape Yes, is coercion, is theft of someone's sexual freedom to engage in sexual behavior with who they wish to, who they will. But homosexuality itself does not fall into that transgression. 
So it's not a transgression against natural law as long as it is mutual, as long as it is consensual. Both parties consent. They're both actively wanting to be involved in the activity. There's no coercion. It doesn't hurt anybody who doesn't want to be involved. Well, then that's acceptable behavior. Whether you find it tasteful behavior or whether you find it uh, attractive is, is irrelevant. If you, you don't find it tasteful or attractive, don't be involved with it. See, this makes me always go back to the notion, to the psychological understanding that if someone's really talking out so heavily against homosexuality, I have to start to think in my own mind that there's some reason that that individual who's speaking out against it so heavily uh, might hate it so much, probably because they have this latent desire or maybe active desire within them that they do engage in participation in homosexual acts, okay? Which, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with or against natural law, but the people who do make this argument and who do talk against this are often people who are homosexual themselves and repressing it. You know, let's look at Rick Santorum as an example. Rick Santorum is so rabidly anti-homosexual, homophobic, that there is no way that I can help but think that this person is gay and just hates himself. And so he wants to take out his pent-up sexual frustration because of whatever, whatever complete crap religious dogmatic notions he's bought into and other people have gotten him to buy into in his own pathetic mind, okay? And now he doesn't want to act on his own desires and admit what he actually is. And therefore, he wants to go and take up all of those pent-up frustrations and desires out on other people who don't deserve it. So he wants to control them. And he wants to target that to what he really is. He wants to t take it out on other people who are like him. That's called classical classical identification and transference in psychology classical i mean this is plain to this is plain to see for a high school student that would be taking a, a course in psychology 101 that's how blatantly obvious it is and the same is true for dominators same is true for police and military who go and join these institutions and are often latently homosexual, don't want to admit their orientation for a number of reasons. So let's look at the reasons why people won't acknowledge their sexual orientations. Well, one, they have this notion of it's wrong in some capacity. They, it's been, they bought into this. It's been told to them. And again, that's religious dogma. There is no basis for this in logic or natural law. This is religious dogma. You can only really think that if you've bought into a religious notion, as most people do. And I guarantee you there's people who listen to this show who do. Well, congratulations, you have a religion which means you're being held back from higher level understanding, particularly that of natural law. 
you still don't know what wrong is. Because wrong always involves coercion of someone's will. And there is no coercion in, in homosexuality. But yet people religiously and dogmatically accept this notion and therefore they act upon it and suppress their actual sexual drives, desires, and orientations, which is a completely unhealthy thing to do. Another reason they do it is they're afraid of what other people will think of them. Oh, you'll be called fag, you'll be called queer, etc., or any of the other insults thrown at people by other people who just, you know, want to do this because they're inadequate in some way and they want to take it out on someone else through verbal abuse. You know, it's all done at many different levels. It doesn't have to be physical abuse. And the person's so afraid of what other people will think of them that they don't actually just act as who they are. So then that emotion gets built up, it gets pent in, they're not talking with people about this, they're not dealing with it, they're not accepting it, they're not working with it, and therefore they want to take it all out on someone else. They want to direct all of that negative emotion outward now and say, well, since I can't have what I wanted because of whatever ridiculous notions I'm thinking in my own distorted mind, I'm going to go and physically act abusively toward this person so I can make them feel miserable in some way and that will equate to the misery I feel internally. And this is always nonsense and it's always the mindset of a child and the mindset of a slave, as I've said. And I don't use that word lightly. Taking on this mindset and staying there keeps you a slave. You think you know what a slave is. You think it's only certain instances or circumstances that you have notions of or pictures of in your head put there by Hollywood or through certain books or, or images. And I'm telling you, that's not what a slave is. A slave is someone who is chained by something that is embedded in their own mind. They don't have to be necessarily shackled by physical chains. And that's part of why what's going on on a grand scale is happening, because people won't deal with these in internal issues and accept themselves as they are if they're not hurting someone. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. This is What on Earth is Happening, last segment for this edition. At the beginning of the show, I asked for calls on the line only if the individual was a... saw combat in the European theater of operations during World War II. I know that limits the potential callers to a great degree because you'd probably have to be in your late 80s by now, something around that. So we haven't had any callers that fit that description. So uh, I'm going to extend that offer to next week. I'm not going to tell why I wanted that. And again, that's the only reason I'll be taking a, your call. Don't even try to bother to call in because I'm not going to take the call. I'm, I'm taking no calls until the call-in show uh, that 
is going to be after I'm finished the section on non-supportive dominators. Please understand that and respect that wish. Uh, and don't bother to try to call in because I'm not putting you on the air. So um, the, the next uh, thing I want to put on the table to ask people is please try to find me someone for next week to call in who did see combat in the European theater during World War II. I would really like to do an experiment here on the air live without the person knowing why I'm asking them to call. If someone can get a World War II veteran who saw combat in the European theater of operations during World War II, I would like them to call into the show next week. I'm sure with all the listeners to this show, we can find one person who is still out there alive and with it who can call into my show and I could ask them a question on the air next week. Okay, that having been said, let's jump back and I'll wrap up uh, the topic for today. So, repressed homosexuality is a gigantic part of why individuals behave as control freaks. Okay, they can't deal with who they are. They want to deal with, they want to um, uh, keep all of this desire and emotion pent up they may lead secret lives that they don't want to come out in the open about, okay, and hence the picture on image number 10 of the closet, okay, the, the traditional closeted homosexual, uh, homosexual, okay, that's in the closet because they're in fear. This is all fear-based mentality in case you haven't put that together as well, okay? So an individual like that has to be in fear, to act the way that they do. And then what's the next stage after fear? Confusion. You don't know what to do. So then you want to reach out and try to control something external to yourself that you have no right to control and that you have no natural law right to create coercion and oppress other individuals. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, and listen very carefully to what I'm saying. There is so much more closeted homosexuality in the police and military than you would ever imagine that if you knew the real number, you would be practically knocked unconscious. Okay? Let me tell you that for certain. If you even came close to cognizing the amount of repressed homosexuality that exists in the military and in the police, you would not even believe the figure. Because I'm telling you, people think it's like in the single digit numbers, it's probably a lot closer to like 30 or 40% of the people in the police and military. And they're all inundated with these religious notions of this being wrong. They're all completely afraid of being found out, quote unquote, okay, God forbid you be found out that you would rather give your love and, and affection and, and uh, uh, sexual energy, share that with someone who is of the same gender than the opposite. Oh, whoa. Uh, let, let's, uh, you know, let's stop the presses here. God forbid. And again, as I've said, the people who repress this they're doing it because they're afraid of what people will think they can't accept themselves 
They don't have any self-respect. They haven't looked at the reasons why they want the control and, and why they want to dominate the, the way that they do. They don't even, many of them don't understand that, why they want that themselves. Like I said, I understand more about what's going on in these people's minds than they probably ever will, unfortunately, because they don't want to come out of this state. They love the depraved state that they're in. And so many other people don't want to help in assisting them to come out of that state. Everything I'm doing and explaining here is, is not to mock, ridicule, or in any way put anyone down. It is to say you need to ex be accepting of these things, even if they're only perceived inadequacies or perceived things that you think are wrong about yourself. And in this case, it's, there's nothing wrong with you being homosexual if that's your sexual orientation. It is not against someone else's natural law rights so long as you're not raping somebody and you're doing it with someone consensually. Then go right ahead, please. I could care less what sexual acts people do in their own privacy. You know, if you're not trying to involve me against my will, then go right ahead by all means. The reason I don't care about that is because I'm not someone who has repressed homosexual emotions that wants to take out my pent-up sexual frustration because I'm not uh, expressing my actual sexuality and I don't want to take out that aggression on someone else. I'm not that person. Rick Santorum is that person, you know, and many people in the police and the military are that person, but it, not me. I know my sexual orientation. I express sexuality. I'm not repressing something that is natural in myself that I don't want to deal with. So if your sexual orientation happens to be homosexual and you're repressing it, it's one of the big reasons that you want to do damage or some form of harm to other individuals. And it only makes sense. You're depriving yourself of something that you shouldn't deprive yourself of because of ridiculous notions that are antiquated and totally based on religious dogma. And this is, uh, you know, this is, it's not even, I would say it's 19th century. It's not even 19th century. You, this, is, this is dark ages stuff. Okay, folks, this is dark ages. When are we going to get past this stuff? And when are people who shouldn't have anything to do with someone else's private sexual life or orientation, going to get out of their business. No, because they want to have control. They want to make themselves feel better about themselves being a closeted homosexual. Uh, and, and also they fall for this, all the other people talking about this somehow being wrong, fall for this divide and conquer strategy. You fell for it. You got played. You got divided and conquered. Okay. You don't really understand what's going on in the world. You don't really understand the chess moves that are being made against you because you're, quite frankly, not psychologically sophisticated enough to even understand those chess maneuvers. You're not psychologically sophisticated enough as a human being. Your intellectual and intu intuitive acumen is not developed enough, quite frankly. If that's still your mindset, you're still worried about race and you're still worried about religious orientation. You're still worried about sexual orientation and class and gender and all this other crap that only serves to divide and conquer people. You got played. You got played right into a corner and it's checkmate. 
You didn't figure it out. You never figured out the mindset of your enemy, how they're playing you. So to wrap up, finally, like I said last week, the only way to break this cycle of abuse and victimhood is to understand why these people feel this desire to control. And that's what we've been doing and exploring. And ultimately, the solution is self-respect. Respect comes from the Latin word spectare, which means to look at. And R-E is a prefix meaning again. So you need to take another look at yourself, to look within, to really deal with the, the real self, the true self that lies beneath the facade and all the masks that you're putting up and all the closets that you're hiding in. You need to... Closets are for clothes, as they say. Keep your clothes in your closet. Be who you are, as long as you're not hurting someone else. Take another look at yourself and develop real respect, because that's the only way you can ever truly respect someone else. That's all the time we have on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you here next week.